This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A sister can be seen as someone who is both ourselves and very much not ourselves. A special kind of double. Tony Morrison. Like, I know I know she was tough, but I was so impressed by her attitude and she was always seemed to have a better attitude than me and I I think that I went we went into the trip and I was more of a runner and a hiker than um, she was and so I think that the passes were more difficult for her and sometimes I would be kind of like negative like oh man this really sucks and they tired but she would just uh, have a good attitude and just be like crushing it and like never complaining and just whenever I was feeling grumpy and sometimes I would be snippy or not be social, like she just never, I don't know. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just so tough. And I was like, wow, I, I am so impressed right now. Yeah. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guests. I had the great fortune of meeting this week's guests out on the trail when I was on the Mineral King Loop with Bindi and Yahtzee. Courtney and Megan Cavanaugh are sisters who have picked up the thru-hiking bug. We've talked on this podcast about planning for thru-hikes and how immersed someone can become in doing research and planning logistics. And I have to tell you, Courtney's thru-hike planning is really something to behold. You're going to have to hear this to believe it. So welcome to the podcast, Courtney and Megan. Thanks. Great to be here. 
Uh, I'm excited to talk about the trip and how cool Courtney's planning is. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, do you two have trail names? Did you pick up trail names out there? Uh, yeah, we gave each other trail names at VVR because we wanted to carve our names into their uh, guest book and we needed a trail name to do that. Um, so mine is uh, Microsoft Excel or Micro for short, uh, which you might put together is because I use Excel a lot in all my planning for the trip. <laughs> All right. And that's Courtney. Courtney is micro, Microsoft Excel. All right. How about you, Megan? Uh, and I am a bicycle because of my love of playing cards. I brought a deck of cards that Courtney and I played a lot at the beginning. And then when we got a uh, third member joined our party to hike with us for a while, we played a bunch of three player games and I taught them some intense strategy German card games that I picked up in college. So it was very fun. Okay. So bicycle, what is, what, what is your go-to two-person card game? Two-person card game. We played a lot of Rummy uh, and Speed. I think I made top two. Okay. German and Whist. German Whist is the third one. So how is German Whist different from American Whist? I never played American Whist, so I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I grew up in a family that played whist, whist and bridge and um, all kinds of other card games. So I'm curious. I'll, have to, I'll do some research after and, and compare American whist to German whist. Is American whist also a two player game? No, it's a, it, it's a four player game. Oh. Yeah. Partners. Okay. Now we only go by trail names here on the, on the podcast. So from, from this point out, we've got uh, bicycle and micro. And of course, I'm Doc, and that's how we'll refer to each other. So, all right. Hey, have you guys listened to the podcast before? Uh, not until we met you on the trail. I had never heard of it, but I've listened to a few episodes uh, since then. Yeah, I think I listened to one in preparation. Okay, in preparation. <laughs> Very good. Um, so you'll, you guys will know from listening that we have a regular feature on the podcast called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. And that's towards the end of the episode. I'll turn to you. I'm going to turn to each of you and I'll say, you know, bicycle and micro, what is your pro tip inside of the week? What little nugget of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? So don't be surprised when we get there. Sounds good. Okay. All right. All right. This is the podcast. It's audio. So you have to do, you'll have to verbalize <laughs> your responses here. You know, yes or a no, or I understand something. All right. Sounds okay. Good. There you go. Nice. <laughs> well done, micro. All right. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Outdoor Vitals. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So ladies, what is your must bring piece of gear? And we'll start with micro. Yeah, I would have to say my uh, Rology massage ball, like it's a cork massage ball that I got uh, in my stockings for Christmas as a gift from my fiance. And I brought it more as a luxury item. Um, but then three days uh, until we finished the trail, I started getting really bad arch pain and would not have been able to uh, continue hiking, I think, if I 
at least without a rest day if I had not had my massage ball. But that really, really kind of saved me there and did the trick. And it uh, is going to be in all of my future backpacking trips for sure. You never know when it's uh, going to be needed. And is the massage ball, is it strictly for feet or can you use it with other body parts as well? You can use it for anything. Yeah, I mostly use it for my feet. But if there was like a really nice vertical piece of granite, uh, you could give yourself like a nice shoulder massage at the end of the day. It's, it's pretty nice. Okay, nice. How about you, Bicycle? What is your must-bring piece of gear? Like it goes with the name for 180 cards. I think that was a lot of fun. But uh, besides that, I think to actually be able to hike, I'm very obsessed with my trail running shoes, the Ultra Timps. Um, and I have never backpacked without them, at least like as an adult. And, and it's kind of a lame answer, but yeah, I'm obsessed with them. Uh, the Ultra Timps, those are those are awesome. That's what I hike in. And, and ever, ever since I made the switch, I have never had a single foot problem. So it's been fantastic. Yep. Yep. They're going to be any trouble. So that's where that is. And what is your, what was your base weight for your JMT hike? How much did your packs weigh without food and water? Did you guys weigh that? I I have to, I have to imagine that micro with her obsessiveness (laughs) about uh, stats and details, she would know that number. Uh, yeah, that was about 14 pounds. Okay. Then I was 14.8. So close to that. Did you guys get competitive about that? I mean, sisters, <laughs> sibling rival rivalry, were you trying to outdo each other in terms of who who cut their toothbrush in half or drilled <laughs> holes in their toothbrush to get well, grams out of there? Well, uh, Bicycle, she's the one that did cut her toothbrush in half, and she still had the heavier pack, so I don't know. But also, we shared gear, and I took both the stove and the tent, and she did take the bear can, but I mean, if we're like, we couldn't be too competitive because then I'd be like, okay, well then Quinn, you take the tent and now I'm lighter because it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So Makes sense. Makes share sense. the burden. Yep. Divide and conquer. All right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Let's, uh, let's talk about your background, where you grew up, if you guys were involved in, you know, competitive sports in school and, you know, how you got involved in the through hiking cult? Was that part of your, your childhood? Did you do some camping or hiking as, as kids? So I don't know who wants to start, but tell us about uh, growing up and in, in your family. Uh, I can start this one. Okay, so bicycle is going to tell us. Um, we were pretty outdoorsy growing up. We went on a lot of family, family campouts. Uh, and our grandpa actually is a huge backpacker. He's kind of one of the only ones in our family who does it consistently. And he took us out when we were kids. I was probably like eight or something. And we have all the pictures of all the cousins and really small with our traditional backpacks. And uh, so that was when we first backpacked. But then that was the last time we backpacked until I was in college. And I had a friend who was a big through hiker, had done the JMT. And he took me out in the Zion Traverse for my first backpacking trip as an adult. And I loved it and was super obsessed with it and then I kind of was like hey Courtney we should hike the JMT and she was like cool that's on my bucket list that's a good plan and then we became through hikers <laughs> post that point um and then my background in sports I did track through high school and I was on the climbing team in college and so I met a lot of outdoorsy people through climbing team and that's how I met the guy who took me through hiking and I don't know all that outdoorsy Stoke is all connected through there. 
Okay. Tell me, tell me about track. What, what event did you run or what events did you run? I did sprints and jumps. I was a long jump and triple jumper. And oh, all right. Was... Let's, let's hear your PRs in, in the long jump and triple jump. <laughs> um, so my PR, for tra- I was much better triple jumper. I was a uh, 35 foot, six inches was my PR. Um, so fourth all time at my high school, that's a hundred years old. I still have that record fourth nice. place. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. I decided not to do it in college because I wanted to not have that by be my entire life, but I loved it a lot. Okay. And does do, do your triple triple jump skills do they they transfer over to backpacking at all? Um leg strength, who knows? But not okay. River really. crossings, intense river crossings. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Tri- triple jump across the rivers. There we go. But. If you have the, the rocks, the three rocks in the river placed at the, exactly the right spots, you, you yeah. are golden. That's true. Got my 35 foot long with rocks distance <laughs> I can travel. Nice. And what is the climbing team? Tell me about the climbing team. Um, so I went to UC Santa Barbara and we're lucky enough to be near a lot of like outdoor rocks. And so it's a pretty big culture there that people get into rock climbing. It's very like, you know, hippie outdoorsy people like to go to Santa Barbara and um, we compete with other colleges at competitions. I went to nationals my junior year. I went to Nashville to compete, um, which is super fun. And we just have kind of casual team practices like four times a week on a wall that we own the team. I was an officer the last couple of years. So I set the routes on the wall and everything. Um, Went on outdoor trips every year, overnight camping trips, I got mo- like a ton of gear through climbing school. I bought a ton of gear to go on the climbing team trips. And so like I had some of my stuff from college through going on those camping trips before I started packing through through hiking. So I was going to ask if it was, if it was uh, climbing walls that you guys competed on or if it was, you know, boulders or, you know, is it strictly just climbing walls? Um, yeah. So there's like, we compete indoors always both mm-hmm. on boulders and on rope like walls, but then we have outdoor trips that also go outdoor bouldering or on outdoor outdoor rope climbs. Okay. Any interest at all in doing, you know, some big wall climbing? Yes. I've actually <laughs> nudged Courtney and was like, Hey, you love planning the JMT so much, even though you had never through hiked before. Do you want to help me plan an LCAP ascent? Thanks Courtney. <laughs> So, but yeah, I haven't thought too much about it, but I would like to do it one day. Well, well, uh, bicycle, I hope that the one episode of the John freaking mirror pod that you listened to was big wall climber Amity warm. It was not, I, I can go listen to that, uh, after this though. Yeah. I will see that I'm not as much of a climber as a bicycle. So We'll see. But then again, I had never backpacked before we decided to do the JMT. So yes, sometimes you just got to start with a decision and then go from there. (laughs) Yeah. Talking to Amity, I mean, she had some crazy stories and the picture she sent uh, to me to use for, you know, promotional purposes before her episode came out. Insane, insane. I mean, you know, thousand feet of space below her. I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers and there are some really good climbing documentaries out there as i'm sure you guys uh know you know with you know the don wall and and uh solo free free solo and uh some of the other ones out there and it's just 
really, really intense. Uh, something I love to hear about and something I love to watch, but I don't think you get me out there. That, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some, some big walls out there, but definitely <laughs> I've, I've done a 500 foot climb is the tallest I've done. So now I got to step it up and do a bigger one, maybe with, or with, with micro. <laughs> If, you, if you've done 500 feet, I mean, you're, you're ready for El Cap. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different, a little bit harder, more exposed, but it would be, would be a good time. So is it, is it safe to say that, that it's a bucket list item to sleep on a portal ledge? Oh, yeah. A couple, yeah. couple thousand feet below you? Definitely. <sighs> All right. And Courtney, how about you? What, uh, what sports and hobbies were you involved in growing up? Yeah, I mean, like Megan, lots of camping, but um, no backpacking outside of that one trip when we were young. Um, sports, I didn't really play any like team sports um, after middle school, um, but I'm a big snowboarder. Um, both of us like water ski and wakeboard and that sort of thing. So, um yeah, generally outdoorsy. I think so. I went to uh, college out in Chicago, where there's a lot less uh, hiking opportunities. And so once I got back and moved back to the Bay Area from the Midwest, um, I was like, man, I really got to take advantage of all this stuff around here. <laughs> and so I started hiking a lot more um, just on my own uh, once I kind of got back. So I guess that's kind of how I got into this world. Okay. Now you said water skiing. Where, where did you guys, where did you guys water ski in California? Uh, we go to Lake Almanor, um, which you actually might've heard of recently because right where the Dixie fire is uh, right now. So um, right up there, like East of Redding, um, North of Chico, um, kind of near Lassen National Park. Okay. I, I spent a little time talking at a, in a previous episode with a superhero and her mom about uh, water skiing. And, you know, that was, that was a, a pastime of ours growing up was, was water skiing. And one of my favorite memories is learning how to short, shore start. Did you guys learn how to shore start? No. So you stand in about, I don't know, a foot, a foot and a half of water You've got your front foot in the ski and you're standing on your, your, uh, your back foot is, is in the water on the ground. You coil up, uh, you know, three, three or four coils of rope. And uh, then you tell the boat to go ahead and hit it. And then the boat goes, you know, full, full throttle. And you're supposed to step smoothly, you know, as the rope taught, uh, taught gets taught, uh, you step smoothly into the, into the ski and just get pulled right out. And uh, you don't have to sit in the water or anything. So in theory, it sounds great, but, uh, you know, learning how to do that man, pretty intense, pretty intense. A lot of face first, you know, a lot of face plants, uh, <laughs> to, to start off. But when you, when you could do that, you look pretty darn cool. Yeah. Dang. You gotta try that now. Next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, how do you guys pay the bills? What, uh, what do you do to earn money and finance your, your trips out there? Uh, I am a mechanical engineer. Um, I work for a, a product design um, consultancy that works on consumer electronics products mostly. Okay, and that's micro. How about how about bicycle? And I just started my first job because I 
we went on the JMT in between me graduating college and starting my first job. And I'm a chemical engineer working at Clorox, the cleaning company. Okay. A couple of engineers, sister engineers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that a common occurrence? Did you find, you find a lot of siblings out there who are engineers or a lot of sisters out there who are engineers? I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I can think of any off the top of my head, but no, yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty unique. So you're the yeah. first pair of engineering sisters that I know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say it's a rarity. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. All right. Now we met out on Mineral King and yeah. uh, we camped at, was it Pinto Lake uh, in, in, a, in adjacent campsites and pe- played a little Yahtzee with, with Bindi and Yahtzee. And I think, it, was it Megan that won? Oh, no, it was me. Okay. <laughs> I, I lost. I <laughs> it was micro, micro that, that won. Very good. Yeah. What did you think of that Mineral King loop? That was incredible. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, up to that point, the uh, my favorite backpacking trip I've been on, but also by far the hardest backpacking trip I've been on. Um, so I think it was, a, it was a little bit of a wake-up call and that it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is hard, but also um, gave me a little bit of confidence, I think, uh, going into the JMT because we, we did the JMT two weeks after that. So it was kind of our last uh, kind of shakedown. But, you know, our gear worked great. It was hard, but we made it. Um, we made our miles each day pretty easily. So it was, uh, it was good. I would definitely do that loop again. It was a really, really beautiful loop. It was beautiful, but, but very difficult. And I, I've done it multiple times. I've done it twice and I, sur- I, I survived both times. I didn't have to be helicoptered out like Chopper did, but uh, tell us, uh, tell our listeners out there, if they're considering Mineral King, what, what made it so tough? What was so difficult about it? Uh, I think it's just that the passes are very tall and very long. So you're just going uphill at a pretty steep incline for a long period of time. And so it, yeah, if you're, if you're not used to that, and and I think my problem um, too, was I was trying to go too fast and I just kept like going, you know, one switch back and then had to stop and rest and then another switch back and then stop and rest. And it was pretty grueling. I think by the end of it, I kind of got my pace figured out a little better, but uh, yeah, it kind of kicks me in the butt. Yeah. Did you guys, you guys went clockwise like we did. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do it in three days? Uh, three nights, but our last day was only four miles. So, um, okay. Yeah. Three and a half. Okay. So we, we camped at Pinto the first night. Where did you guys camp the second night? Uh, we were at big five lakes, big one five. of okay. the, the largest of the big five. Mm-hmm. And what, what about that third night? Did you camp at Monarch? Uh, yeah, Monarch. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, we we camped at Big Five. Um, I'm not sure if it was the biggest one or not. We we camped on the the granite bluffs, kind of above the above the mm. lake. It was a bit of a little climb, but the view was incredible. And then we went from Big Five Lakes all the way back to the parking lot that last day. And that that last I don't know five miles was just a, an absolute death march. To get down there you would think the downhill is easy but it is yeah mentally it was just a, a slog yeah especially after 
sawtooth path going down that. That was. Yeah. What did you think of sawtooth? (laughs) (laughs) That that was a wild descent. Like going up didn't feel that bad. And then downhill, we were like skiing on the sand. We didn't know where the path was. We're like, we'll just roll down this hill. It's fine. Yeah. I've been down that thing twice now. And I I heard from people that you have to look up, up to the right. When you, when you leave the pass, it's up into the right, up into the right. I looked up into the right. I could, I could not find the path. And so you end up, you know, skiing down this pumice for, <laughs> I don't know how many miles it was. It was just brutal. Yeah. Dumping out your shoes when you get to the bottom, just <laughs> pounds of sand. Right. Yeah. And if you happen to step on a piece of granite that's hidden beneath a, mm. a, a uh, you know, a thin layer of pumice, I mean, your feet just go off from underneath you. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. All right. Uh, let's, let's get to the, the JMT. And before we get to the actual trip, we need to talk about your planning. So micro, you, you were telling us around the, the, uh, the Yahtzee table out there at, at uh, Pinto Lake on mineral King loop about some of the planning that you did and what this, this spreadsheet looked like and the different categories. And you have to, you have to share with our listeners, you know, what that looked like, how long it took you to put together and, you know, did it, did it help you on the, the JMT? Yeah, um, I had a so I had one spreadsheet, but it had a lot of different tabs on it um, that we used for planning. So I think the two biggest ones were our itinerary planner and then our meal planner. Um, our itinerary planner, I wanted to come up with something that was like interactive almost it was like a live itinerary builder almost it wasn't just like a place where you write down your itinerary so I kind of input all of the like waypoints on the JMT with their mileage mark and elevation and so when you built your itinerary it would auto populate here's your daily mileage here's your daily elevation um, gain and loss and I even gave it a difficulty percentage. <laughs> so our hardest day was 100%. And then you could kind of see what the days would be. So it was, it made it really fun to play around with and, um, you know, try different things. Oh, what if we did it in this many days? What if we, you know, combine these two into one day and, uh, you know, give us an idea. Of course, everything was color coded based on how hard it was, of course. Of course. Um, so, that was that was a lot of fun and we use that a lot on the trail too um you know every day we'd be checking the spreadsheet and seeing you know what what the day up ahead looked like um and then our meal planner uh so i watched this youtube channel called gear skeptic and he did this um series on hiker nutrition and as part of that he created a uh excel sheet with like a thousand popular hiking foods um populated with all their nutritional info and um we added to that any foods that we wanted to bring that weren't already on there and using that spreadsheet i created you know again an interactive uh meal planner so you just put in what you're bringing each day and it would populate all right here's your calorie breakdown and here's your you know fat percentage and like calorie density and everything um so you could kind of play around with that until you find your ideal uh meals for the for the trip 
And once again, this was color coded. So she had goals for each of the different oh, things, yeah. like the carb to protein ratio. So you would like input your little meal and then like, it'd be like, oh man, my calories is in the red or like carb <laughs> ratios in the red. Let me add something else and see what happens. Oh, it's great now. I did a good job when you move to the next day. So yeah, when, you, I don't when, think- you're, when your meals were in the red, then you felt inadequate and you had to improve, you had to do better. And, and then on the, on the itinerary spreadsheet, if the day was in the red, was, was the... Did you have that color coded as well in terms of yeah. difficulty? Oh yeah. So I imagine if you saw red, that was just something that you know you, you're gonna you're gonna dread that day. It's not wasn't gonna be a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Tell me about calorie density. Um. Yeah. So I mean, obviously you don't want to carry a lot of weight, so the the calorie density is um important for that reason. And I also learned from this guy's YouTube channel that. Um, fast. That's how you really get that calorie density down. Is fats are a lot more dense than carbs. So, uh, you know, cheeses, nuts, olive oil, all that stuff. That's how you can really um, get those numbers up. Even though a lot of my favorite foods are very low on the calorie density score. Um, you know, all the the candies and um, crackers and whatnot. But so, just bring a quart a quart bag or a gallon size bag of, of olive oil. Yeah. Right? It's, it's pretty much as go. good as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ultralight backpacking right there. Right there. Now, did you have to prep your meals or did you buy, you know, prepackaged meals? Uh, we did prepackaged for dinners, um, but kind of brought our own snacks and stuff for lunches. Okay. And what were your go-to snacks? Hmm. It's a good question. You did a lot of moon cheese. You got me into the moon cheese game. Moon cheese is good. Yeah. Moon? Moon cheese? Moon cheese. Yeah. It's like freeze dried cheese balls. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it grew on me. I didn't really like it at first, but now I'm Yeah, the first one you try, you you gotta yeah, you gotta wait till till the rest. The first one's gonna be weird, but it's good. It's just cheese. Like it's that's all it is. It's just freeze dried cheese freeze-dried cheese and it's called moon cheese is that the brand yeah yeah okay yeah you can definitely get it at rei i've also seen it at like the grocery store um yeah i love peanut butter banana cliff bars i don't like a lot of cliff bars but peanut butter banana cliff bars are really good and i'm just a huge i love peanut butter and nuts and wall form so like i get those little squeeze packets of peanut butter or sometimes I just put my favorite kind of peanut butter in a Ziploc bag and then just like eat it out of there. Yeah. Maybe happy. Yeah. I get tired of bars sometimes. And I, I get, Mm -hmm. if I, if I eat the same thing every day, I get tired of it and it just becomes a chore. I'm always looking for, for new and fun things to try that are going to be nutritious and, and taste good. So. Yeah. Then we both like stroop waffles, which aren't necessarily super nutritious, (laughs) but they're good for a little sugar boost and, there's one that I love coffee too. And like, there's a caramel coffee one that we both very good. Like, All right. Yeah. Caramel coffee waffles and moon cheese. Yeah. I've All also, right. uh, I guess one other thing I did for lunches was get those Wafa or Wafa crisp bread uh, crackers and then got um, split PB and J packets to put on there. So it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, essentially just a little more uh unsquishable and backpacker friendly 
right? Sounds good. And did I hear right that that just one of you was carrying a bear canister? Yeah, yeah. We rented the Barricade Expedition, aka the largest bear can uh, allowed, <laughs> um, which we we made it work. Yeah, it was fine. I carried it. It was almost it was you know one of the only things I had in my bag, um, but uh, it saves a lot of weight, I think, because they are you know pretty heavy. So I think when you came over to our camp in Mineral King, I think we were we were, we were sitting in chairs, maybe sitting around a bear canister. You saw our bear canisters. The expedition mm-hmm. was that even bigger than our bear canisters? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it's bigger, but it's also lighter, right? It's yeah, it's lighter and bigger than the BB five hundred. Wow, mind blown. Yeah, it costs like four hundred dollars or something <laughs> if you buy one, which is why I don't have one. <laughs> um but you can rent them so that's what we did okay how much how much did it cost to rent it was like 90 dollars for the whole trip okay how how many shipping how many days of food for the two of you could you get into that uh, expedition (laughs) we were gonna attempt to fit six days each uh at npr we were unsuccessful uh but but like by like one snack size Ziploc bag unsuccessful. Yeah, we were very, very close. Very close. <laughs> okay. So that would have been 12 total. Um, but we had made a, a friend with bear can space. So he <laughs> he uh, one Ziploc. Yeah. Smart. All right. Yeah, I think I got nine days of food in in uh in mine for me. So okay. you guys get uh, about three more days of food in there. Got it. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite topic on the podcast, and that is the John Muir Trail. We'll hear some stories and uh, experiences from, from bicycle and micro. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for that. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Mearpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. 
It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right, welcome back. We're talking to Micro and Bicycle about their time in the Sierras, and we're about to hear about their John Muir Trail experience. So um, in terms of planning for the John Muir Trail, was that, Micro, be honest with me, was that was that half the fun, more than half the fun, or less than half the fun? Um, I mean, the John Muir Trail is a lot of fun, but the planning was a uh, I would say significant part, especially because it was during COVID and there wasn't a whole lot of plans to look forward to. So I just would uh, entertain myself by lots of planning. <laughs> That's right. You can get lost in the planning. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long, how long was your trip? Uh, 18 days. days. 18, 18 days. Okay. When, when did you, what, what part of the year did you start and when did you finish? Uh, we started July 24th. It'll be August 11th that we finished. I think it was 10. 10th. 10th? Yeah. Yeah. Around there. July 24th to August 11th. Did you guys go northbound or southbound? Southbound. Okay. All right. I, we were on the trail at the same time, but you guys were you guys were chasing me because we we started in the middle and we started at Muir Trail Ranch basically and went mm-hmm. south. And we finished on August 7th. So okay. I mean, yeah, we, pretty close. We we're going opposite <laughs> yeah. directions. We might have crossed paths, but yeah, not to be, not to be. Okay, so did it, did it start out with uh, you? Start you went southbound, so you start out in Happy Isles. Mm-hmm. And anything of note at the beginning of the trip in Happy Isles? Well, we did the first day of the trip with our mom and younger brother. So they went up to Little Yosemite with us for the first night. So that was kind of a very fun send off. We'll, that was our shortest day. We did four and a half miles up to Little Yosemite Valley. Um, so that was kind of, it was, a, it was a nice way to start for sure. And was Yosemite, was it crowded when you went through? Yeah. <laughs> the Verna Falls, especially, it was just that, you know, conga line up. We went up the Mist Trail because we like the Mist Trail, mm-hmm. but also it's so many people. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was kind of an ordeal. We finished, you know, we 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 section hiked the JMT. So when we finished the trail, we finished in Happy Isles, and coming down the Mist Trail, it was just a pedestrian traffic nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you got these packs on. All you want to do is finish. You want to get to the sign and and having to navigate around all these people. It was just crazy. So sounds like that was the same experience for you. Yeah, but it was good. And we like we went. So like with my mom and my brother, we just kind of chugged our way up. Okay. And was, was the weather perfect for you guys during the trip? Yeah, but <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad. We heard as the people who were in the Southern section, uh, cause we had thunderstorms during the first week 
and got a good amount of rain. We got one big hailstorm that came on really suddenly that we were just hiking. We're like, huh, maybe it's going to hail. We should probably like set up our tent soon. And then like hail and like we (laughs) really quickly set up our tent as fast as possible and hid out for an hour and a half and we were cold and sad and then kept hiking. Um, But we heard that a monsoon storm from Arizona came in and like was drenching the southern half. And so all the people coming north were like, it's been raining 18 straight. We're so sad. And we're like, oh, my God, we're up here. Okay. And did you guys have one tent for the two of you or or a a single tent for each of you? I mean, like a a solo tent. We had a two person for both you, of us. You had a two person tent for both of you. And any any problems with that? Having to share a tent with your sister? No, it was actually no? really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Megan used or a bicycle used to beat me up in her sleep when we were kids, like sharing a you know hotel room bed or something. But I think the sleeping bag helps to contain um, the punching in the night. <laughs> And then there's like one lightning storm at night that I was kind of like super nervous about because we were in a not, we are in a mildly exposed location. And so like Courtney was just, my girl's like asleep next to me. And I was like, I like was awake and stressed. And so I was nice to have her next to me. I could just like poke her and be like, hey, Courtney, are we going to be okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Go to bed. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's nice to have some, some companion there. Nice. So was that, was that typical? bicycle were you kind of the worry wart on this trip and and uh micro was kind of self-assured and positive and confident or did it kind of go back and forth between the two i think that was the only time where i was really stressed was that storm i think i was just really nervous every other time i think we're both pretty i i hope i can say that we're both (laughs) pretty chill and not super stressed but maybe micro sam yeah no i agree i i think there were there were very few times where i was worried uh yeah really mainly just that one lightning storm and i guess lightning in general but um that was pretty much it okay now the first part of your the first half of your trip from happy isles to mcr any any funny stories funny funny occurrences strange things things you didn't anticipate I mean, you had it all dialed in. You, you had a you had quite the spreadsheet. Anything fall out the fall out of the parameters of the spreadsheet that you prepared? Um, I think the only unexpected thing was just the the lightning storms every day. Um, there was one day where we didn't hit our planned mileage just because there was a storm and an exposed section, but um, really pretty minor differences from our our plan we kind of stuck to it pretty well okay how, how how long would you hike what was your average mileage day um average is probably 13 or 14 uh, our longest day was 20 and then shortest day was four so really got the whole span <laughs> of, of uh mileages okay and then you, you came to mtr muir trail ranch how was that Oh, and one thing to note, like on the way to MTR okay. was, it was, there's some people hiking northbound and we've been having lightning storms and we heard that a hiker actually got struck and killed at MTR like two days before we got there. Mm-hmm. So I think like that was another point about the storms that 
that made a super worried because we heard that he was not in the place he wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't very exposed. It was like in MTR kind of in the Valley. And so that kind of, for both of us made us be like, Oh wow. Like we're out here. This is kind of dangerous. This is kind of a big deal. But then once we got to MTR, the lighting storms were kind of over and we could kind of like breathe. So I think the first half of the trip was the only half was the one half of the trip that we had to think about the storms a lot coming into MTR. Then after MTR, even though there's Quinny can or Michael can tell the story of at MTR and it was a uh, good weather post that. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you guys were three days behind us because we we were one day past MTR when that guy mm. got struck by lightning. And you guys you guys came through two days after that. So okay. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, yeah, so we pulled up to MTR and they said that they had sunk a truck in a lake with a lot of the resupply buckets. I did not get any more details on how that happened, but uh, Megan's or bicycle's resupply bucket uh, was waterlogged completely. <laughs> and my bucket was not. So at first I was like, great. I have the bucket that is unscathed. It doesn't have any water. All my stuff's gonna be fine open it up and I had sent a jar of salsa as like an NPR treat and it was in a glass salsa jar which had broken and gotten salsa all over my stuff so we got one waterlogged bucket and one salsa logged bucket uh, of resupplies <laughs> um, which we ended up it, it ended up being fine uh, they replaced um, all of Megan's uh, bicycle stuff with uh, substitutes, some better than others. You can go more into detail about that if you want. I mean, I appreciated that they, they A, took out all my stuff to dry it. So I had socks and stuff to replace my old socks. And they had actually taken that out and dried them and then put them back in nicely, which was cool. Um, but they gave me some interesting oatmeal flavors and I was like, oh, this would be exciting. And because like the oatmeal, you know, is packaged in paper. So that would they had to like throw all that away. Then oh, I love peanut butter and my, all my my favorite kind of peanut butter was waterlogged apparently. So they gave me a place it with Skippy peanut butter, which no hate on the people who like Skippy, but it's not as good. <laughs> so I was like, man, all right, I guess I'll just not have peanut butter for this section. Now, bicycle. If you, if you don't like Skippy peanut butter, I mean, what is your go-to peanut butter? What was your favorite peanut butter that got waterlogged? Oh, it's Laura Scudder's uh, crunchy peanut butter. And have you ever heard Scudders. of it? Laura Scudder's. Yes, I've heard <laughs> yeah. that, that takes me back to my childhood. <laughs> Laura yeah. Scudder. Uh, yeah, I found it in college, and everyone back is my favorite. Okay. And so, what what about your salsa drenched <laughs> items? Yeah. So all the socks and everything. Um, I had to send home because I was not going to, you know, get, wake up to a bear eating my foot because it smelled like salsa. Um, and then our, our like charging stuff, um, extra battery that uh, I had to get sent home too because it was covered in salsa. Um, and all my food though was okay because it was all in a Ziploc bags, So I could kind of rinse all that off. Um, so it ended up being all right, or so I thought, until that later that day when I started 
eating my snacks and they tasted like our alcohol fuel because we have an alcohol soap and they just tasted real bad and so we realized that some of the alcohol fuel had evaporated and somehow penetrated into all of my food that was not sent in original packaging even if it was in a ziploc like an airtight ziploc it had gotten in there and made everything taste weird. Um, so we had to use our Garmin inReach to uh, message my parents saying, how much methanol do you need to ingest before bad things happen? <laughs> um, was there a chemical engineer that you could ask that question of? Oh, yeah. I, was, I was trying to figure out all the math in my head. I was like, all right, it's this percent methanol, this percent ethanol, like what's going to evaporate first because they have different boiling points. And anyway, um, but then I was like, what if I remember this wrong? I don't know. So we texted our dad. Yeah. So, so I'm imagining, said, I'm sorry. I'm imagining the conversation between the two of you in that, in that situation. And I'm thinking about what, uh, what the guys in my group would have said, you know, it, it would not have, there have been no equations. There would have been no math going on. It'd have been like, yeah, this doesn't taste right. I'm not going to eat any more of this. And, uh, <laughs> but it was hard. Cause like that was our longest stretch without a resupply. And there were so many snacks that if you all any of the snacks, it was like, that's too many calories that we don't have to spare. So we really wanted to make sure that a micro wasn't going to die but she had to eat her snacks and so like yeah was, uh... yeah but thankfully uh the answer was 10 milliliters of methanol which is a lot um and our fuel was only five percent methanol um concentration and there was only a little bit that had evaporated so doing the math it's a lot less than 10 milliliters um so I kind of tried to like air out all my snacks and some of them were more absorbent than others. So Oreos were very methanol heavy, but Mike and Ike, uh, pretty good. They didn't absorb a lot. They were um, a very good, good option. So that was, that was an adventure every day, um, which snacks were the most tolerable. Um, <laughs> Methanol. So if the Oreos, if the Oreos absorb, uh, absorbed more methanol than other items, does that make them a denser calorie? <laughs> I don't know, Megan, what is the calorie content of methanol? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get out a whiteboard real quick. Let's, let's do the math. Here. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So MTR, I mean, that's typically a, a high point on the trip where you get to resupply and, and pick stuff up and, and look forward to it. And this sounds like a complete disaster. Yeah. 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 We found the hot just, spring though. <laughs> we did. We did find the hot springs. It was nice because we were super bummed because we had spent the whole afternoon, you know, sorting all of our stuff. I was like refiguring out my meal plan because it was like going to be slightly different, which was fine. And I felt bad because Courtney's stuff was salsa. We couldn't have chips and salsa because there was glass in the salsa. And we're just like, oh, my God. But then we found the hot spring. So that was a <laughs> good conclusion. So, so do you think this is a male-female thing? Because when I resupply, I'm just sending food. I didn't, I didn't, no socks, no battery packs, no, you know, it's just food. You know, what, what is the next, when can I get the next batch of food to keep me going? <laughs> 
my socks. I'm not, you know, as long as they're, they're not too holy, I'm, I'm okay. Is that, is that a guy thing or is that, is that, is that, I think it's a planning thing, at least for some of the charging stuff. Cause Courtney had an entire tab on the spreadsheet dedicated to how we're going to charge and send the things to the resupplies for every stop. And it's very complicated. And we spent a whole afternoon being like, what charging thing are we sending? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a lot. Did you have a battery? Did you have a battery drain tab or a battery, battery drain column, you know, going from a hundred percent to 87% on this day? And no, I didn't, but yeah, it was more just about the, the mailing of things like, okay, we're going to ship this thing to this place and then we're going to mail this home. And then like, yeah. Do we have the right adapter at this location or have we sent it back already? I don't remember yeah yeah and the socks and underwear thing we just were lazy about doing laundry so it was nice because we did laundry on the trail and so it was nice to be able to like not have to do laundry and get clean stuff and you're all excited because you're like oh clean socks oh, hey hey sweet. don't misunderstand me here i i didn't do a whole lot of laundry i just didn't i, did, <laughs> I didn't send a lot of extras either <laughs> yeah we kind of slacked off on laundry towards the end of the trail um but Towards the beginning, we made an effort, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And we just accepted the stink. All yeah. right. So M- MTR is about the halfway point. And from MTR, you 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 kind of uh, make the ascent up into Evolution Valley. You go through Evolution Valley, and then you go up to uh, Evolution Lake. And before you get to Evolution Lake, there's a there's a place, there's a little side trail you can take if you can find it. I, I wasn't able to find it to a place called Darwin's Bench. Well, did, did you guys find that? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I had uh, looked at it beforehand. So we had um, marked it on our GPS and everything where the cutoff was. There's, it starts off with a little bit of the trail, but the trail very quickly disappears. It's mostly um, kind of a scramble. I'm pretty sure we didn't take the best route up there. We definitely did not. Bicycle is shaking her head. No, we, we did not. No, the way down, which I led, by the way. Uh, That's true. I, I led the way, the way up. up. We did not go on a trail. I led the way down. We definitely were on a trail. It exists. Well, we, yeah, some of the way. Most of the way. But well, okay. we made it. And what, what is Darwin's Bench? Um, it's just kind of this plateau area. Um, there's a small lake there, and it drops off pretty steeply, so you kind of get a view of uh, the Evolution Valley um, and Evolution Lake um, from like a higher vantage point, um, which is, yeah, it was a really neat spot. It was surprisingly crowded for being an off-trail location. Um, there was like an entire Boy Scout troop there and some people on the High Sierra Trail and okay. uh, Earth so Sierra it, High Route. So it's a plateau with a lake and it's above Evolution Lake? Mm-hmm. You've got a view of Evolution Lake and Evolution Valley. Uh, I think so. Could you see the lake there from from there? I, I actually don't remember, but I know you have like the high vantage point of that whole mountain range and the valley for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe because from Darwin Bench looking left, you can it's like the Evolution Lake Basin and, and you might not totally be able to see it, able to see it on the corner. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out next time. I'll have to look harder and find that trail. <laughs> yeah, it's only a half mile uh, detour, so it's, it's pretty close. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. Okay. 
And then next in my notes, I have this, this notation here. It says Split Mountain. Where, where is Split Mountain? And do you have a story to tell about Split Mountain? Yeah, I can kind of say the intro. So it's Split Mountain is an optional side trip that's a 14er. And it, you see it right after you go over Mather Pass. And so coming up to, you know, coming up to Palisade Lake, we were ahead of schedule mileage-wise. And so we were supposed to stay at Palisade Lake, I think it was. Um, but we're like, oh, there's this cool detour coming up and we're ahead of schedule, like might as well throw in a little adventure. And so we decided to, instead of sleeping at Palisade Lake to continue and do Mather Pass the same day as we did the Golden Staircase and camp kind of right below Mather Pass in this little exposed deserty type area um, and then do split down in the morning. And so we got up and we're like, okay, cool. It's only four and a half miles total. This will be super chill and we'll get it done really fast. Uh, but there's no real trail and most of it is kind of a scramble, not really a scramble because you're not using your hands, but you're walking on scree just kind of up the mountain. And that's that's the whole hike as you go straight up on scree and it was cold and it was windy and it was definitely the hardest part of the trail, I think, for both of us. And it was very exhausting because it's our first time up doing a hike at that elevation and definitely kicked our butts. I think internally we all wanted to give up a little, a little bit along the ways. We're like, what are we doing? This is stupid. Like this isn't even part of the JMT. But then we got to the top could see for forever. We got to sign the little summit uh, notebook saying you did this 14 air and it was totally worth it and would totally do it again. It's just super hard, harder to win. You, you guys <laughs> just did extra miles for fun? Yeah. Yeah, well, we didn't think it was going to be that hard. So we were reading the um, Elizabeth Wank's guidebook for side trips because we were like, oh, they, they have a section of side trips in here. There's probably some good ideas. And it said, like, this is the easiest 14 on your path on the JMT. Like, great views, um, you know, would recommend. And we're like, okay, sounds perfect. It really should have, uh, I think, <laughs> hinted a little more at how much of a slog uh, it was going to be. It was, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> and so did I hear you right that it is after the Golden Staircase, but before Mather Pass? After uh, it's after Mather. Yeah. So yeah. we did Golden Staircase and Mather in one day and then camped a mile after Mather. And that's the base of Split Mountain. Got it. Yeah. So it was like first thing in the morning. Um, we left our tent and other heavy stuff behind and just took day packs up. Smart. Very good. All right. And what... Uh, what, how many how many people did you meet on the trail that you had established relationships with or, or friendships with? Did you keep keep in touch with anybody you met on the trail? Um, well, we met one uh, notable human who we met uh, <laughs> the day before VVR, and we talked to him a bunch at VVR too. We kind of been leapfrogging the day before, and we ended up starting at the same place the next day. We were both were going to hike up the Bear Creek Way after VVR and uh, had the same endpoint in mind too. So we're like, cool, we'll like meet again there. 
And so we both stayed at the same campsite that night and played some cards. Uh, and then he stayed with us the rest of the trip. And so that was another 10 days that he stayed with us. And I think Courtney and I at the beginning were like, cause oh, his name was Andrew. We're like, oh, is he going to stay with us the whole time? Like maybe he'll leave to go resupply or something. Like we haven't really talked about it. We never <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> so uh, but it was great to have a new member of the, of the party and opened up some card game opportunities. So that was the, he was a section PCT hiker. So he was starting in Oregon. So it was like his day 40, I think when he met us or so. Um, and then we met a couple other people at VBR. Uh, we were leapfrogging with somebody who we started at Happy Isles with. Well, hang on, and- hold that, hold that thought. I want to go back to Andrew. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's probably not listening. So you can tell us the truth here on the podcast. <laughs> was it a pain hiking with him? I mean, he's like a, uh, you know, he, he kind of just hung around and, and you're thinking, when is this guy going to leave? And he just never left or was it yeah, okay? It was so, it was surprisingly totally fine. It was like, could not have found a better um, hiking partner. Like it, having some random guy that you just met just decides to join you for the next 10 days without even asking could go very wrong in a lot of ways. <laughs> And it didn't at all. Um, you know, it, it added a lot to our trip, I think. Um, there's a lot more to talk about, um, a lot of conversations that, um, you know, we had that we probably wouldn't have had if it was just the two of us. Um, he was, I think, more outgoing than both of us, so kind of got us into more conversations with other hikers. And, yeah, it was, it was really great. Um, he was faster than us. Um, pace wise because i mean he'd been hiking for 40 days how can he not be but um so he would just go in the back behind both of us and so we would all stick together and yeah it was worked out really really well yeah he was happy to go along with courtney's perfectly planned itinerary so yeah yeah he, he didn't... never asked to change whatever yeah even doing. though he was running low on food at one point and we were like oh we're gonna take a half day he was never like oh we should really we should really keep going he's like oh this is less food so yeah. was, that, was that a strategy micro hey we're, we're taking a zero today oh yeah 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 i'll, I'll, I'll do a zero too like oh man <laughs> yeah i don't know it was, it was funny we kind of thought at multiple points that he was gonna leave you know we're like oh he's probably gonna leave us you know, at this point, oh, he's probably going to leave when we do our half day at Darwin Bench. Oh, he's probably going to leave when, you know, we go get our resupply um, with our parents. But nope, just kept kept coming back, kept sticking kept around. So. Yeah, but it, we definitely got really close with him. I mean, 24 hours for 10 days in a row. And so saying goodbye to him when we, like, we're continuing out of Whitney Port at the very end. We definitely all got emotional because we spent so much time together and we're like, oh my gosh, like, how are we going <laughs> to live without this little hiking crew that we've become such a fan? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. All right. And you were talking about somebody else from uh, VVR, around VVR? We, we met this uh, woman named Emma who started in Happy Isles the same day as us, but she was a much slower hiker. She had like a 45 pound pack or something. And so um, we leapfrogged with her the entire trip, but finally met up and camped at the same spot the last night before Whitney. Um, and we all woke up, uh, me, Micro, our friend Andrew, and then 
um, Emma, we all woke up at like 1.30 a.m. together to hike up to see the sunrise on Whitney. And so like to have the four of us together that last little bit of the trip was definitely special. Nice. It's epic. Very good. All right. Now, when you got up to Whitney, I mean, you guys have been together for, for 18 days. This is the culmination of this trip. Probably the most time you spent together as, as uh, sisters recently, right? Mm-hmm. And so what? Take, take us through, you know, getting up to the top there of, of Whitney and, you know, what you were feeling, what you were thinking. Um, yeah, I was not ready to leave. I, I think we were both dreading the end of it. Um, you know, I kind of expected uh, by the end of the trip to kind of be ready to get some food and, uh, you know, see everyone and, take a shower but I I could have kept going for you know a long time more I could have gotten kept going indefinitely I was like I don't want to leave so it's definitely a little bit sad um getting up to the top but you know it's it's also an incredible feeling to know that you finished and um kind of accomplished this this huge thing but we've been planning for the last two years like wow we did it now it's over what next (laughs) yeah megan did you feel the same way yeah definitely similarly it was uh, i wasn't ready to leave either i was winning was a very cool experience but it was super cold we got there a little earlier than we planned and so it was still kind of dark and um it was like super like cold. So I wanted to go in the hut to be warm, but I was like, no, this is my last day on the trail. I have to stay outside and enjoy the stargazing as I was like cuddling <laughs> in my sleeping bag. But uh, yeah. And then the hike down was our least favorite part of the JMT just because it's all, it's like 10 miles of switchbacks down and you're leaving the JMT. And it was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, we have to go yeah. back to civilization and our <laughs> So yeah. Okay. A couple questions for you. Micro. What'd you learn about your sister on this trip? Hmm, that's a good question. No, no. Come back to me. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Bicycle, what'd you learn about your sister on this trip? Um, she is like way tougher than like I know I know she was tough, but I was so impressed by her attitude and she was always seemed to have a better attitude than me. And I, I think that I went, we went into the trip and I was more of a runner and a hiker than um, she was. And so I think that the passes were more difficult than her. And sometimes I would be kind of like negative, like, Oh man, this really sucks. I'm really tired, but she would just uh, have a good attitude and just be like crushing it and like never complaining. And just whenever I was feeling grumpy and sometimes I would be snippy or not be social, like she just never, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just so tough. And I was like, wow, I, I'm so impressed right now. Yeah. All right, Micro, you ready? What did you learn about your sister? Uh, well, I thought of something, but it's not nearly as like nice and sentimental. Um, <laughs> now I feel like I got to think of something better. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the other one? What's you have a weird, Megan has a weird like sleeping situation. Like, it took her a while to, like, dial this in, but, like, she has to be, like, cuddling something and always has to be facing, like, the same direction. And, like, 
I don't know. It was always funny. It like she had a pillow, but then she didn't use it as a pillow. But then she had something else, so she stuffed the jacket in to like snug. I don't know. It was a weird. It was a whole whole debacle. <laughs> I stuck on my puppy. Okay. Cause, yeah. Because I'm a side sleeper, I just like to have like a little warm puppy. Yeah, sleeping on the trail is not not always easy. It, <laughs> it takes it takes a bit of adjusting too to get 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 it dialed in, like you said. Yeah. All right. Um, bicycle. What'd you learn about yourself? Oh man. Ugh. Yeah, I think that. Oh, man, I'm I'm gonna say come back to me. Okay. Has an answer right now. Micro, what'd you learn about yourself? Um, I think I learned that I can put up with like all the, you know, struggles of being out in the backcountry, and I can, I can like subsist off of that and be happy with that for a long period of time. You know, having not done a, a backpacking trip before that was longer than three nights, I was kind of worried about how I would fair physically and mentally just uh being out for that long and it was uh it was really cool to kind of have that realization that like wow I can I can totally do this and I really don't need that much to (laughs) to kind of be happy and my body can do a lot of a lot of stuff that I was you know wasn't sure how I would do but I was really kind of impressed by myself i guess <laughs> yeah we're tougher than we think yeah yeah definitely yep yeah. bicycle and come back to you <laughs> yeah i think for me it was kind of going along the lines of how things can be really simple to make me happy and i think i have always been an incredibly busy person like i run around all the time i'm always late to things bouncing one thing to another but backpacking you wake up and you hike and you hang out, do nothing for a while, and then go to bed. And it was awesome just to not be bouncing around and doing other things and just be focusing on enjoying yourself where you are. And I've been trying to bring a little bit of that mentality back to real life. And it's been, it's hard to do that though, because you're just bombarded by all these little distractions. But also like, like micro, know that I enjoy that simplicity too. Well said, well said. Now, uh, in terms of um, keeping track and writing down and kind of documenting your trip, um, do you guys have some kind of blog or something you can share with the public out there that you have shared with the public? Yeah, we did a blog while we were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we use the WordPress app to write our blog post every night um, for that day. And even if we didn't have cell service, it would kind of just be there and then whenever we would get service, we just kind of upload them all. Um, so you can find that it's the uh, KavanaughJMT2021.wordpress.com uh, is our blog. Okay, one and more so time. Kavanaugh, C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H, JMT2021.wordpress.com is our blog. Um, and yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun doing that. Um, just, not even just for the world to see, but also for us to remember what happened two days ago, because <laughs> the days all blur together and you kind of forget things. So it was it was almost like a journal, um, just that 
went on the internet to for everyone else to see <laughs> um and there's pictures up there and um we introduced even the stuff you might be wondering section of some of our blog posts that goes over like what's our tent like and what do we like to eat on the trail and um you know all the things that i'm sure our grandparents are wondering um while we're out here and stuff like that okay and what's next for the kavanaugh sisters uh we've thrown around some ideas besides climbing out cap uh, <laughs> uh we've talked about uh the high sierra trail it's definitely i know corny is very much wants to do that and i will go along with her she'll take me um <laughs> But the, yeah. the day after we got back, uh, Bicycle texted me, hey, this person I'm following on Instagram is doing the Sierra High route. Looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is one day after and already on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I would definitely love to do a similar length hike um, again, whether that's the JNT again, whether that's the Sierra High Route or, you know, the Wonderland Trail or the Colorado Trail, any of those. Um, not sure I'm just going to, you know, hike the PCT or do something like that, but um, something very, very long. But um, yeah, but in the shorter term, I think I'm just going to cram as many one night weekend warrior trips as I can into my summers. <laughs> gonna say all those trips you just mentioned i mean there's a spreadsheet waiting for you out there for each one i know i know there's so many spreadsheets to make <laughs> and i you, you beat me to it any any long trail aspirations courtney you you mentioned that you know you found yourself very happy out there doing you know doing the you know wake up break camp hike make camp sit around go to sleep repeat 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 it, that was satisfying any any aspirations for a long trail either of you I, both of you i i don't know if i would do the entire pct i'm i may do it someday just on a whim maybe who knows but like in my head now i think the most i would do is similar to i like how andrew was doing like he did like two months of a pct section and that seems like a good amount of time uh clorex actually gives you a you can do take an unpaid month sabbatical so I think once I am more settled into my job, that's something I would definitely consider using a month to do a section of something. Yeah. So a PCT hike I've heard takes, you know, between four and six months. Right. And so if you got a month off and you could, you could break that up over, over six years. Yeah. This is six to a long PCT section. Yeah. Yeah. True. yeah I, I feel like I came away knowing that if I did the PCT, I think I would enjoy it but I don't have like a burning desire to do the PCT, you know, just to say that I've done it. If there's like certain sections that are particularly interesting, that sounds great, then sure. Um, but I don't know, logistically and, you know, being away from family and everything for six months is, is kind of a lot. And so, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe even when I'm like old and retired, I'll do the PCT, but I don't know. Yeah. Being away for that, for that long from everybody. That's pretty tough. Yeah. All right. Hey, impromptu top five list. We're going to do top five campsites on the JMT. 
And we're going to, we're going to alternate back and forth. So I'm not sure if you guys can agree on the top five campsites. So we'll start with the older, the older sister. Who's older between micro and bicycle. I am older. Okay. Micro, you get, you get, you get first pick. Uh, Give me, give me one of your top five campsites. Mm, uh, Marie Lake. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just, just below uh, Selden pass there. Okay. Bicycle. (laughs) You were going to say that one. Yeah, man, I didn't. Where are you? Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. I know. I was like, "Where's my spreadsheet? I need it." Oh, okay. No, Darwin Bench. We stargazed that night, so mm. it was both. It was beautiful during the daytime, but that's special for a campsite for stargazing. Okay, Darwin Bench. That's two. Back to back to micro. Uh, Garnet Lake. Hmm. That's a good one. Garnet Lake. Which part of Garnet Lake did you camp on? Uh, we were on the North Shore. Okay. Um, towards yeah, northeast corner. Yeah. Yep. I think I camped in a, a similar spot. That was a very, very pretty location. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to bicycle for number four. Um, I really liked Ray Lakes actually. Uh, Micro had done it before, and we had expected it to be more crowded than it was, but it wasn't that crowded the day we were there, and we saw some cool deer, and it was very peaceful. Okay. And which Ray Lake did you camp by? Uh. Middle. Middle. Middle, middle yeah. one. Okay. All right. Um, and that leaves us with uh, the fifth one. Back to micro. Yeah. Number five, I'd probably say above Guitar Lake. Um, both because it was really pretty, but also it was just, you know, it was exciting. We, you know, finally met back up with Emma. So it was the four of us. And it was just, uh, you know, it was a good time. Now, when you say above Guitar Lake, were you, were you camped at the Tarn? above uh guitar yeah just like okay. you know small lake three miles above it or something right yeah. got it got it all right hey ladies you know where we are where <laughs> we're at that time of the episode where i ask you for your pro tip inside of the week what little piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next experience outdoors even better so who wants to go first pro tip uh, I can go first. Okay, Micro, tell us. What do you have for us? I would say if you have toe socks, put them on at bedtime, on in the morning. Because, so I have the, like, in GG toe sock liners. Megan, or a Bicycle does not. So she was always up and ready to go way before I was every morning. And I don't know if the toe socks, uh, deserve all of the blame, but I'm going to blame them for my uh, slowness getting ready in the morning because <laughs> they just take so long. You got to get each individual toe into your sock. So I started putting them on at bedtime and then I still was later than she was getting ready, but it was closer. Shaving off like two minutes though. I shaved off a, like a not insignificant amount of time in the mornings uh, with the toe socks. Yeah. A true engineer looking to shave <laughs> off valuable minutes in the morning. Very good. Okay. How about you, bicycle? So I, as I mentioned this episode already, I like coffee a lot and I has, have kind of played around with how to get caffeine on the trail. And what I've decided that I like the most is to put instant coffee in my oatmeal. 
So it's like coffee flavored oatmeal, which is tasty. And there's less packaging because I just would pack like pour the instant coffee in before and not have the coffee packet when I'm on the trail and not have to deal with it. So yeah, just do some cold soaked oats, instant coffee, mix it up, eat it. Coffee it. oatmeal. There you go. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Courtney and Megan. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Ladies, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, Courtney Lynn 777. That's Courtney L-Y-N-N 777. Um, you can follow me there. Um, uh, Micro will, yeah, <laughs> will post more pictures of me than I post of myself. So follow us both on Courtney's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Courtney, I'm typing it in right now. Courtney Lynn 777. Oh, yeah, there you are. Uh, I'm following you. I'm already following you. Oh, yeah. there you go. Okay, You're very good. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. Ladies, I'm also looking to you to share your recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some sort of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the outdoor experience. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? I've got to give another shout out to Gear Skeptic on YouTube. Just really well done um, series on hiker nutrition and um you know, delves into these like scientific studies and lays it all out. And it's, it's fascinating and also very useful. So, um, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for, for his series on that. Okay. Thank you. Bicycle. Yeah. I'm going to say the same thing. I think oh my goodness. I try I <laughs> We're just hyping up your skeptic. <laughs> okay. And before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell me about? Did I miss anything? You did ask us about the rock monster of the JMT. Okay. Tell, um, tell me about the rock monster. So we had heard about this infamous rock monster who like we've seen the pictures of people getting eaten and I had, uh, I had a GPS waypoint for where it supposedly was. And we looked around that spot for like 20 minutes and we couldn't find it. And we were so disappointed, but we eventually kept on going and kept going down this like really, it was a hot day, all downhill, like morale was low and like, oh, this sucks. And at the very bottom of the hill, we found the rock monster. It was not where I thought it was supposed to be, but um yeah, that was a lot of fun. So if you want to also find the rock monster, would recommend getting accurate GPS location <laughs> for where where he lives. Nice. And there are are there a lot of pictures on on your Instagram of you two getting eaten by the uh, rock monster? Definitely on the blog. Okay, uh, on maybe the blog. On Instagram. Can't remember. We'll have to check that out. <laughs> That's a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, ladies? Uh, I don't know. Shout out to Andrew for hiking with us. And yeah, our, par our parents hiked in part of the way of Pierce Arch to give us food. So that was a huge, 
huge thanks to them for hiking. Yeah, us. that was great. They brought fruit and cookies and and, sandwiches wine. and wine. wine. Yeah, it was, it was a great, great day. So great job, mom and thanks dad. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if your resupply bucket is flooded. The trail (laughs) is the trail. Embrace the suck.